0: We are working towards building people's control of the government, building community control of the economy, expanding the public sphere, and creating structural racial equity. Today, our guests are David Gerth, the executive director of MCU, and DeMarco Davidson, the lead organizer for the MCU Sacred Votes campaign. Today, we're gonna to talk about getting out the vote and a very special opportunity for voter engagement and networking with other organizers outside of St. Louis. So welcome, gentlemen, and thanks for being here.
1: Thanks, Kevin. Thank you. It's an honor.
0: So tell us about this opportunity coming up at the end of April. What will be happening and where is it happening?
1: So we're as the national network, Gamaliel, we're in about 14 states. And so MCU in St. Louis and Moore Square in Kansas City are part of this large network. And A number of years, we're going to go to Memphis. Let's just get, that's the punchline you're looking for. We're going to Memphis, (laughs) April 21st to 24th, and we'll have an experience there that will be echoed in all of those 14 states. So in each of those places, we're actually going to be running a a phone bank that connects to what's going on in Memphis. Why Memphis? There's a district attorney's race going on there, and the primary is the first uh, Tuesday in May. And we're going to be working with our affiliate there, Micah, who have been uh, engaging around this race before it was even a race. They've been engaging around the issues and the realities of what it means to have a DA in Memphis. There'll be a lot as Marco is going to talk a little bit more about some of these elements, but uh, there will be a lot about the story of Memphis that sounds an awful lot like St. Louis. And um, so we're excited to tell the story because we believe that there are going to be people who want to actually go to Memphis that weekend and be with us. But also because there will be people who want to join in from here and be part of a national activity uh, that weekend.
2: Yeah. So uh, thank you, Kevin. And thank you, David. Uh, One of the reasons why Memphis is important is the same reason why Ferguson was important. St. Louis was important in 2018. Uh, the world is watching some of the cities that had major unrest from either police killings or just, again, major injustices that, that happened uh, throughout the, the different summers or throughout different time frames. Uh, Memphis is definitely one of those places. In 2018, when there was a chance to uh, choose a new uh, district attorney in St. Louis County, they uh, there were people from all of the country who literally came to St. Louis uh, to assist in some capacity or another, so we are basically doing the same thing uh, because we recognize that every election, uh, while it is local and why it is important, uh, it, every local election is global. It has a chance to influence what 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 the 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 aspects of of policy look like, what the aspects of justice looks like. As well, and making sure that the values of the people are, are are being respected and being honored through elected officials. So, Memphis, one of the one of the amazing things that we've learned is that the district attorney uh, can only serve two terms, but one term is eight years. So, the current uh, district attorney is uh, actually served one, finished a, a term for three years, and then got reelected. Uh, the the we we in order to make sure that we keep this super five one C three we and, and here's the thing too we don't care about the parties right we care about what values are being lifted up what values are being honored what 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 are what what does justice look like sound like how does it show up in communities so the current district attorney is very pro punishment very. Uh, in the in the realm of like is willing to charge juveniles uh, for as adults way more than any other district attorney in the state of Tennessee. And I think maybe even in the country, I'm not sure about that, but definitely in the state of Tennessee. So we recognize that the same values that we fight for when breaking the school to prison pipeline here in St. Louis and and Moore Square does in Kansas City, uh, Kansas City, Missouri, Kansas City, K., Uh, And then Memphis Micah is fighting for the same issues and same values, uh, and therefore we recognize that this isn't just a Memphis issue. This is a St. Louis issue. This is an American issue. This is a a statewide, global issue. And therefore, we are working to support our, uh, our 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 family, our friends, and loved ones in Memphis to to usher in a new set of values that the people of Memphis are really stepping up and, 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 and working for and organizing towards.
0: Okay, great. Now is the, is there a list of values that that Micah is specifically got on their their board that they're they're talking about?
1: Yeah and, and there, I, mean, I think Marco's sort of hinted at this. we know from our own experience here what those values are going to be. It's a high level of community participation, a high level of restorative justice. And, um, and 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 a sense that that the office, whoever's in it, is actually acting in the welfare of the entire community. And the experience up in, in over this last few years, our, our our colleagues there, Micah, they've been lifting up, for example, this uh, issue of youth being tried as adults. It's something like uh, eighty-seven uh, youth tried as adults over a one or two year period. Eighty-six of the eighty-seven are African American youth. So it's 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 the kind of jarring numbers that even in St. Louis we sort of say, "Wait a minute, there's something really wrong." And we've seen some uh, pretty horrendous disparities. So so bringing down those disparities is obviously a first goal, but it's not enough because that's a reflection of what a particular office holder has been doing. But what we're finding is that just like here, it's not just about who's in the office. It's about the whole system that's wrapped around that office and about the deep structures that surround that office. And it's part of why we're we're excited to be in Memphis in April, because we're going to be there right after the anniversary of Dr. King's assassination. We're actually starting our day on Friday with some leadership development training and orientation, but we're going to be at the Civil Rights Museum, at the Lorraine Hotel, to make sure that we remember why Memphis is important, that the the fight, so to get back to your question, Kevin, about values, right? These values go back to why Dr. King was in Memphis in 1968, because he was there with the sanitation workers, public employees who were being killed on the job, uh, trying to serve the community, Um, and so, I think it it just resonates that Memphis, like St. Louis, is still fighting generations-old struggles for racial equity, and this is an opportunity. I want to add one thing, Kevin, um, about this: the the other value that Mike and their partners in the region are lifting up is another thing that Marco brought up here. It. The, the voter turnout rates on this kind of an election—this, there, are the the primaries in May, and then the general election for these local offices in August—you know, if you get forty percent of the community to turn out, you're you're fortunate. You're excited. So the majority of the population is not actually weighing in on who should be in that office and what kind of person should be on office and which which issues are being embodied by the person who wins the office. So alongside of saying we want someone who's invested in the community, someone who is not is putting restoration over punishment, we need that person to see us show up. They need to know that they have not only the support of the community, but they have accountability to the community. And 40% of the vote doesn't get that. That's part of why we're going for the primary is to begin to mo- help move those numbers up even in a primary.
0: Okay, great. And so, so is it going to be both get out the vote and this message of vo- vote with your conscience on these values?
2: Yeah, I definitely, definitely. We will be focusing on making sure people are showing up and we get a chance, we get the opportunity to not just educate people, not just inform them, but literally engage, with as many uh, residents in specifically Shelby County and, and, and therefore engaging them to uh, one, make sure that they do have the same values or lift up the values of, 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 spend, of investing more towards uh, different programs, different things that, that, that are focused on eliminating some of the systemic issues versus continuing to feed them. Uh, and therefore we got to make sure that those those values are getting lifted up and getting 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 emphasized by the community in, themselves. So then when it does come time to have the, the general election because right now it's just primaries, when they have the general election, the community can lift up those values and, and actually ask, agitate, uh, and hold accountable the whoever gets elected because that's what the community is asking for. So we definitely are understand that. So it is definitely about getting out the vote, but it's also about making sure that those values are being lifted up, and that the people of Shelby County, the voters, the people of Shelby County, can articulate and lift up those same issues better. When and that's one of the great things I, I appreciate about uh, Gamalio and so many other organizations. Make sure that the people are the one, the people are the ones, the, especially specifically those who have been impacted, are the ones that's leading the work too. Uh, So we might be there for a weekend, but when we leave, the community has to be even stronger. And therefore, we are hoping that Micah and even some of the other uh, Tennessee affiliates are even stronger, too.
0: And, uh, David, you had mentioned something earlier about there there being echoes in the other Gamaliel uh, organizations and cities. What what will those echoes be? What's going to be happening alongside the, the feet on the ground in Memphis?
1: So each of the affiliates around the country, 40 or so affiliates, will have an opportunity to mobilize people locally. So here in St. Louis, you know, our goal will be to gather 20 people in a room and we will join while, while some of us will be in Memphis knocking on doors. Some of us will be in St. Louis joining a phone bank from 10 to noon in the morning or from one to three in the afternoon. So we're expecting you know, maybe even several hundred people will join those phone banks that day just to check in with people. Do they know that the election's right around the corner? Do they have a plan to get there? That sort of conversation. And what we know happens when we do that, we we know that when we're on the ground, there's gonna be something that's transformational for those of us who actually are there. We'll feel a sense of community, a sense of what DeMarco was talking about, that this local election is actually global. And we'll bring that energy back into our communities for the elections that are coming up here in St. Louis and in Wisconsin and everywhere else we are. But we think that folks even just joining the phone bank will have that sense of, wow, I was part of something much bigger. And when are we going to do this here? We want, we want to use this moment to generate energy in each of our locations to do the same kind of work. And it's there, right? So, so we know that when you want to do something well, this kind of spark of a day like this can really um, get the work moving faster and with a, a new and renewed enthusiasm.
0: That's a that's a pretty amazing thought to think that there will be this team from across the country that'll be at, participating in the same event on the same day. That's got to be energizing.
1: And we yeah. all know, we all know every one of our communities, maybe it's not the DA, maybe it's somebody else, maybe it's a different office, but we all have a version of this story in our own communities. So we really are tied together this
2: way. Yeah, definitely. And I've actually have... I had the honor to uh, be trained by people from Tennessee and also train people in Tennessee in integrated voter engagement. One of the things that I always share with them is that my self interest in training, being somebody from St. Louis, Missouri, but training, whether it's a uh, uh, Memphis, Nashville, or Chattanooga, uh, I recognize that Missouri and Tennessee have a lot in common and on how the how the state itself is ran. Uh, we are. And again, keeping it 501c3, uh, we have certain cities, metropolitan areas that are what, what some, which what some would, would would consider progressive, uh, but in a state that has a state legislation that uh, I can't even pretend, like I can't even use the word conservative anymore because conservative is supposed to mean like we maintain certain things. Conservatives in certain aspects is removing or reducing or going backwards at some point. So we understand that if we have state legislators or state legislations who are constantly re- reverting back and not actually listening to voters uh, and, and, and actually not building relationships between the urban and rural areas, we know that these things do get lifted up in media. And sometimes our legislators look at what's going on with our neighbors and sometimes take take on their aspect and value. So case in point, uh, I think it's I think it's a, 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 an, an amazing testament when we have state legislators with 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 different letters by their name here in Missouri who are fighting for eliminating suspicions from K through K from kindergarten through third grade. Currently, that didn't happen overnight. It happened over years. It happened possibly even over a decade. We actually do have legislators now. So we are looking forward to what legislators, regardless of the letter next to their name, will be the ones fighting and and really working towards eliminating suspensions from kindergarten through sixth grade, through middle school. What what are the other opportunities to actually make sure that we are working towards uh, building healthier communities and healthier children and protecting children too? So I think that's one of the great things that's exciting about going and visiting one of our neighbors. Um, And like I share with people, Missouri, Tennessee, Kansas, Wisconsin, we have very similar uh, state legislation structures to a certain degree. So I think that's the important part that for those in Missouri can actually get a sense of what can we do differently here as we learn by participating in another state as well.
1: We had a similar experience during the Ferguson uprising. Uh, The the Gamaliel Network had a national meeting planned in another city, and we moved it here. Um, And people were a little upset because it wasn't how it was planned. And people had, it was amazing, like social justice warriors, people of deep faith, had a very particular take on what the uprising was, and they were not very positive about it. And so we actually staged a protest together and we heard directly from people who had been on the front line and it really impacted people, They like veteran clergy people who had been on the front line said, I understand this very differently now. It was It's not what I've been watching on the news. It, and, and so um, it was a time when we felt like we really were all together and that, and that coming together in a way that was challenging was actually really invigorating. We're, we're looking to have that same kind of experience again, some eye-opening and, and a sense of real camaraderie that maybe we need to renew again.
0: Okay, great. Let's let's talk a little bit more about the Gamaliel Network. What is it and what does what MCU get out of being part of this network? And you've sort of described that a little bit, but if you wanna just do a pitch for, for the Gamaliel Network.
1: I, I like to say that we, we do leadership development from a faith perspective. We work on a lot of issues, but it's not the issues that drive us. It's the faith and the values that drive us and the, and the desire to be part of a deeper community. So I, my own personal experience is that I love walking in the woods. I love going to camp. I love being in nature because I have this sense of God's presence that is not like anywhere else. I love being in the sanctuary, whether I'm preaching or listening to somebody preach. If I'm singing along or listening to somebody sing, I feel God's presence in the sanctuary in a way that I don't anywhere else. Most of us don't have the opportunity to put ourselves at a place of risk, maybe not even physical risk, just comfort, where we actually challenge the systems of the world, that we hold public officials accountable, or we go collect some signatures or encourage people to register to vote. All those kind of direct contacts make most of us pretty nervous. I would just say over and over and over in multiple settings, when I've been asked to to take that risk, I find that I can't do that without the strength of God behind me and the strength of God's community around me. And there's another kind of experience of God that we don't get until we risk feeling uncomfortable being someplace where we're not sure we've got all the answers we're not sure how the outcome is so i know that's a little it's a little bit lofty often but i really believe that what we are doing is creating experiences opportunities for people to experience god in ways that we don't in the places we're used to being
2: uh, when i think of uh, gamalio i think of 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 how gamalio and and in, in, in specifically, but in general, certain faith-based networks uh, are 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 pieces or parts of a solution. Um, pain, pain, and oppression has a way of being of being very, very isolating. Uh, and that's the that's one of the aspects of oppression is making you feel like you're by yourself. Being involved in a faith-based network, and then specifically Gamalio, uh, not only prepares and trains people to, to address those feelings of painful isolation, painful oppression, but then also providing tools. Uh, because, again, a lot of the oppression has a way of looking very similar just in different zip codes, just in different states. So therefore, the, and, and we do not want to use the tools of oppressors for liberation that's not a thing. We actually have to develop the tools of organizing, organizing people, organizing money uh, to build power, to protect, to correct the, uh, the, the, the values as well. So to me, that's what being part of Gamalio provides. Uh, organizations, congregations, people of faith, people with very little faith, uh, <laughs> the, the ability to actually reclaim power, but then also work towards building power as, an, as, as a collective to change the things that we actually want to be changed.
0: Okay. And so the, the trip to Memphis, once again, is going to be uh, around getting out the vote for a uh, local primary election. But we've also uh, got voter engagement working here in St. Louis. And DeMarco, you're heading that up. So remind us about the the relational voter outreach. What is it and and how has it been developing this spring?
2: Yes. So we are super excited to develop what we call the relational voter program. Uh, And it's basically for those who remember what it's like to have phone trees. uh, it's, It's basically a way to communicate and to build relationships. One of the ways we are using the relational voter program is for congregations who, 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 who have done the the, the eternal the internal work of recognizing what they actually would like to, how they would actually, actually like to engage in communities. Uh, and we do that through one-on-ones and listening campaigns with the congregation first. So we, uh, they will, congregations have been eager to canvas, to get back out here, especially as the pandemic uh, or the endemic, I guess, begins. Um, and what congregations are also looking for are meaningful ways to reconnect and to rebuild uh, their, 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 their relationships with communities. So what congregations get a chance to do is engage with people in the community and every conversation, every discussion, every engagement, we, all, we, always will, we will always be asking the question, would you like me or someone from my congregation or organization to reach out to you, to follow up with you about voter issues or important issues for your community? that way, that congregation can actually follow up with those uh, people in the community and the the community that surrounds their congregation and to follow up with them. And they can build that relationship, again, not just from one election, but for all elections, because as I said earlier, uh, every election is, is, is important, is valuable, but local elections are global elections as well. So it's a great way for voters for congregations to engage with voters and then develop relationships, and and actually take some responsibility and leadership around developing the relationship for that community as well.
0: What I would just want to wrap up with is what other things are going on with MCU this spring and the summer? Is there anything else you want to uh, promote um, before we we say goodbye?
1: Two big things: May nineteenth, we have a fundraiser and gala at the Polish Heritage Center and. Um, We'll have that registration information up real quick. It's $50 a ticket, $350 for a table. And it's going to be a lot of fun. We're going to celebrate the work, raise some serious money and finish with dancing in the street. That's the theme. And then in July, um, in July, we're going to repeat a version of the air quality march that we did last year. Again, we'll, we'll start putting things out about that a little bit closer, but But the third week of uh, July, we'll have the Air Quality March. We connected between Missouri and Illinois groups and marched across the bridge uh, up in North St. Louis by uh, Hyde Park and and had some great food and some great music and lifted up the issues of air quality in the community that, that no, no boundaries, state lines or rivers don't keep us from polluted air.
0: All right, so I want to thank our guests today, David Gerth, the Executive Director of MCU, and DeMarco Davidson, the lead organizer for the MCU Sacred Votes campaign. If you are ready to join MCU in the work for justice in the St. Louis area, contact us at 314-367-3484 or email us at office at mcustl.com. You can also learn more and contribute to MCU at our website, mcustlewis.org. Also be sure to follow us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram for news and events. I'm Kevin Prying, and you've been listening to This Is What Democracy Sounds Like. Tune in again next time, and thank you for listening.